Hi there, I want to welcome you to the Now Forming Podcast. I'm your host, Michael Spivey. I'm the lead pastor at People's Church, which is located in beautiful central Florida, and I'm also a lifelong learner and pursuer of God. It really is my hope and prayer that this podcast will help you to cultivate a deeper and more fulfilling life with God and those around you. Hey, welcome, welcome, welcome. So glad you've joined us here on uh, Now Forming this week. I have a terrific um, friend with me this week, uh, Pastor Lance Bain. Um, I have known, Lance, this will probably be hard for you to believe, but we've been friends and ministry colleagues now for 20 years. Wow. That's incredible to me. But uh, we must we must have started ministry together in second grade. Yeah, we did. And I think that was about right. <laughs> we were going to take our elementary school for Jesus. <laughs> playground evangelist, I'd like to refer to as just the playground evangelist. Exactly, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> but Lance has been married to his sweetheart uh, Darlene for twenty eight years. Three children, two grandchildren. He's been a terrific church leader for 25 years now and currently serves as the the senior pastor at Gateway Christian Fellowship in West Haven, Connecticut. So Lance, on behalf of myself and our audience, thank you and welcome to the podcast this week. Thank you, Michael, for having me and to your audience. It's a pleasure to be with you. I appreciate the time together. Always enjoy chatting with you, Michael. You make me laugh and you make me think and and you touch my heart in a deep way. And I'm so grateful for you and your family and your friendship and your leadership as well. Oh, well, thank you so much. We feel the same way. You yeah. know, it all, I always get a little nervous around people who don't know how to laugh. <laughs> yeah. Uh, we got to laugh. I don't know how we stay sane in this vocation and calling without some laughter. <laughs> it's so true. Yeah, it's so true. Well, listen, Lance, I just wanted to touch on, on a, a couple different topics today. Um, you know, obviously, uh, this podcast is going out early July, 2020. And, um, (laughs) to say that we're living in unprecedented times, uh, would be to say that Godzilla is a lizard, you know, it's just, uh, (laughs) this year has been unbelievable. Um, starting in February, I make no, no political commentary about this. But the impeachment of the president happens in February. In March, we jump right into the COVID-19 dilemma and all the impacts that 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 has had on on health and the economy, um, social isolation, the spiritual component that goes along with that. And now, um, especially here in Florida and Texas and a few other places, a massive uh, resurgence and uh, what that's going to look like, requiring masks and social distancing and that kind of thing. And then on the tail end of this, you think it's winding down and then the racial tensions in America uh, have flared up with some issues with law enforcement and the black community. Um, And I just feel like uh, the stress level, uh, the emotional um, toll that this has taken on people has folks living like at a, at a nine out of a 10. Mm. And, um, you know, there's generational hurts and, um, 
all the things that have gone along with with uh, you know the, not only the the peaceful protests but also the the rioting and looting and and all those kinds of things it's just been um, one of the most incredible years that uh, well real really I mean since I've been alive this has probably been the biggest year of disruption um, that I've ever experienced would you concur yes I would I would yeah it's just been unbelievable so uh, as a you know as a pastor as a friend as a father as a husband um, a son uh, we wear we wear so many hats and mm-hmm. um, walk with so many different people. Um, I just wondered for you, with the people you're walking in life with right now, what are some of the bigger struggles you're seeing uh, with people, and how are you uh, how are you walking with them through some of those things? Well, I think. Um... The biggest struggle for me is me. <laughs> oh, boy. I mean, I'm usually the biggest struggle because uh, as a leader, uh, you know, there's there's all the leadership stuff we've been taught over all those years that you're the thermostat, not the thermometer. You set the temperature. You set vision. You set environment. You Your attitude is so effective and influential, and it's a leaven that can influence your relationships, your family. So. I know for me, the biggest challenge has been me. It's leading myself Mm. when I'm angry, when I feel powerless, when I'm afraid or anxious. And uh, so for me, that's the biggest challenge because I want to bring me, and I know you're like this, and and I I bet your wife is like this. I love people. You love people. And, And we do this pastoring people, yes, because God called us to do it. But there is the real gift of desire underneath that calling. We really want to do it. We love people. We want to serve people. So in in the heart of that, in loving people, I want to bring the best me. I will love them better when I bring a healthier me to the table. Hmm. And that's why one reason why I think leading me is the biggest challenge. Also, leading me is the biggest challenge because I just want an enjoyable life. I don't want to be a bitter, old pastor with no friends or no spiritual children who 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 aren't with me who help yeah. me and so i know when i can bring a better me to the table then i can stay more focused on other people i can serve people listen well love well maybe i can resource well those kinds of things so that's been clearly the biggest challenge and the most consistent struggle is myself hmm. uh Outside of that, when I think about leadership uh, for my family, we haven't really had a huge disruption, to be honest. Our, our youngest child, we homeschooled. So when the school shut down in Connecticut, it wasn't a disruption for us. Uh, we work from home half the time anyway. Yeah. So, so working from home was not a disruption. So, so personally, our family probably didn't experience much, much stress. What happened from a from a staff perspective is the definition of success didn't change. We want to transform lives through love. The methodology changed a lot and the mindset had to change. So we had to keep defining success as a staff, continually keep that in front of us and be patient with people. I would say that was one of the biggest challenges. 
and struggles was being patient. I've often thought this, Mike, and I wonder what your thoughts are about this. I've been reflecting on the last three or four months, the total disruption to economic structures, political structures, racial relationships, financial systems. It felt like a suddenly to me, like what you just described, you know, the impeachment of the president and then kind of whammo out of nowhere. I mean, I was just thinking back this morning, March 15th was our last service. We just started meeting back last week. But prior to that, March 15th was our last service. It was 104 days, I think I counted, between our two service times. And I and I, I remember March 15th, our last service that day. I remember thinking, okay, this is going to last for a few weeks, and then it will kind of get back to normal. Yes. Well, we still haven't gotten back to normal. Yeah. And and I was wondering, is this a suddenly, like it's felt like a suddenly COVID virus hit. Suddenly the racial tension surged again. I wonder what the apostles, if they felt something like this in Acts chapter 2. Hmm. Now, there suddenly was spirit-inspired, but how disruptive was the coming of the Holy Spirit Oh boy! to their lives? Like, I'm feeling like, holy smokes, a COVID virus and all of this has had a deep disruption. I have to think in some ways the Holy Spirit coming, if not equal to that disruption, was greater. So I've just been—so I've just—that's that's felt like the struggle has, what is the new God-like normal in this? Mm-hmm. Like, where's the spirit breathing? What do you think about that? Well, I think you're exactly right. I, um, a, a few weeks ago, I just had a, um, really, I just had a sense from the Lord uh, to convey to our people that, you remember when the, when the children of Israel were taken captive in Babylon, mm-hmm. and the Lord tells them, you are here by my plan. You are here by my design. So go ahead and plant gardens, build houses, have children. And in due time, I'll bring you out of this. But but you're here. And so so live in it. Dwell in it. Be be 100% in it. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, that was my message to, to our church a few weeks ago. Um, I, I feel like everybody is, is just uh, kind of waiting for yeah. things to get back to normal. Yeah. And and I don't know, this may be one of those suddenly moments where, you know, we, we may not go back to to what things were. Right. But but here's where we are. And and we're not here out of the out of the eye of the Lord. We're we're yeah. not here, you know, by happenstance. Yeah. Um, God knows exactly where we are, where we are, and yeah, and uh, you know we don't stop living and we don't stop the mission of of God and right. Um, so, but I think you're right. I, I think it's just a it's one of those suddenly moments that we may only see once in a generation or or less. Yeah, yeah, and, I agree uh, with you. Yeah. We we did we did a series of uh, messages right after the, we had the stop meeting. Well, we didn't never have to stop meeting, but the, they lowered the numbers so small that it would have really not been prudent to meet. Right. But we did a series called Church at Home, all based on Acts one and Acts two. And then I did a follow up from that, a series on Pentecost, you know, characteristics of relationship with the Holy Spirit, and 
I will just say the book of Acts has been probably one of the more helpful texts for me in helping people through the struggle, you know, as you just described it so eloquently. We have to live. The mission of God does not submit or surrender to these things. And it's disruptive, and we're all having to find new normals. And yes, we're sick of Zoom meetings and FaceTime this or, or that, but it's what we have right now. And let's lean into it. For our state, I mean, that was clearly what it was in the early days. And when I talked about leading myself, I would say it took me about a month five weeks after after March 15th to figure out a new normal. I mean, I was just sort of dazed for about a month. Like, I don't even yeah. know what to do. Yeah. I don't even know what to do. I, I, can, I can go to the office, but I, I can't. It just exposed, I think, how much dependency me and our church had on a building and, and on a corporate gathering, how much of my faith rested mm. on a corporate gathering yeah. versus – you know, the secret place. So Matthew 6, 6 became, I think it's Matthew 6, 6 or six ten, something like that. Right in there where Jesus talks about prayer, you know, mm-hmm. go into the closet, close the door. Yeah. I think we're in that, we were in that place for a while and now we've kind of come out of the closet. Uh, I remember the old story that you probably heard this, the two little boys, twin boys that got birthday presents from their parents. And one little boy, they said, it's in your room. One little boy walked into his room and his room was full of manure. And he was so angry, like, what kind of gift is this? A room full of manure comes flying out of the room, angry at his parents. What is this? What kind of gift is this? Well, his twin brother walks into his room, and he sees a room full of manure, and he starts digging his way through it. And his parents are like, why are you not angry like your brother? He said, because a room of manure this big, there has to be a pony in here somewhere. (laughs) (laughs) There has to be. Has to be, and that's the attitude that we've tried to adopt, and we've tried to help lead our church in. Yeah, this feels like a room full of manure right now, but there is a pony in here somewhere. So those have been some of our challenges, just helping people stay hopeful, yeah. trust the Lord. Oh, that's fantastic. Um, and I, I bet most of our churches, your church probably, I bet it's the same way because people are people. Yeah, we're all yeah, susceptible right. to the same things. I tell you, in the in the midst of this thing, it's funny that you mentioned. Uh, the book of Acts. I just I just camped out in Acts in my in my personal devotional life for a little while, mm-hmm. and really I feel like um, the Lord has has given me a, a new a new direction almost for our church in, in wow. following the Acts model at the end of yeah. Acts chapter two. Yeah, totally. you know, it says <clears throat> it says they gave themselves to four things. To yep. prayer, to teaching, mm-hmm. to uh, fellowship, and to mm-hmm. the breaking of bread. Mm-hmm. And I just think if we can get those four things right, the mm-hmm. Lord will add daily to the church oh. those who are being saved. He will. And he will. Um, so that's kind of where we're where we're headed in all of this. I'm not sure what that's all going to look like. But doesn't um, it feel good though? Doesn't it feel good? It feels amazing. It, it does. feels I simple. Feel the same. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, there's a lot of clarity in that, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and um, mm-hmm. so I'm, you know, I'm uh, I, I wouldn't be in this place by choice, but mm-hmm. um, but I'm going to live here. I'm going to mm-hmm. fully invest right here, right now, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. Uh, we'll see what the Lord does. I feel the same way. There's so much power and hope and enthusiasm for me in clarity and simplicity. Yeah, and um, 
I've, I've often seen Acts 2 as an expression of our Pentecostal roots hmm. uh, as a faith. And, and yes, it's you, you know small groups, life groups, care groups, whatever people call them. But for me, Acts 2 has taken on a deeper, it's taken on a deeper, like the Spirit has deepened it for me. No, that's, this is one expression of the ecclesia. Right. And so you need the corporate gathering. There's still value in the temple life. Um, but there's, I just, I don't know. It's just like the Lord has rolled back the veil a little bit more and let me see more clearly the that's nature so of Jesus, the nature of Jesus in those four practices. And we locked in on for a week in our, I think it was our church at home series, or maybe the beginning of Pentecost series, uh, that phrase fully devoted. Mm. They were fully devoted yeah. to these practices. So they weren't just calendar items. Right. There, there was a full devotion, like, like it was a deeper heart thing. Yeah. This is the way we're going to live. And for me, and this disruption, that has really anchored me in to the power of Ecclesia. The, the beauty of the church, even in all of her, her warts and her misgivings, there's so much beauty in the church, so much beauty in the church. Yeah. Um, I have to work to see it sometimes, but it's there. <laughs> in one translation, it says they gave themselves to these yeah. things. Yeah. And uh, that's, that's a, it's a beautiful picture. It is a beautiful picture. And I think it's a beautiful picture for me right now, because here's one of the things that I've struggled with. My church now can listen to the best. They're encouraged to listen online to the best preaching in the world. Yeah. I can't preach like Bishop Jakes or right. Stephen Furtick or you, you name the person, Robert mm. Morris or Samuel Rodriguez. I can't preach like these people. Um, but those people also won't visit hospitals in my sure. church. And they sure. won't do marriages and they won't do baptisms and they won't facilitate communion. So it's helped me realize there's a deeper relational role that I carry for my church. And so it's forced me to replace some values from stop putting so much coin and currency in the eloquency of my preaching and put the coin and currency in being present, listening well. Because those are the shepherding things that these great eloquent preachers, and I love those people that I've mentioned. I really admire them. I have great respect for them, but it's to make sure I'm putting enough currency in these more human leadership expressions, if that makes sense. Hmm. Uh, so, so rather than spending so much time being eloquent, how do I spend more time learning how to be a good listener, uh, learning how to practice empathy, so learning how to ask good questions? Because I think those are the ways that I can more effectively incarnate the love of Jesus, not just in eloquent preaching. Right. And I do want to be a great communicator. I mean, I do spend time on that craft. But I think COVID has exposed, Lance, you spend too much time on that craft. Hmm. Uh, because that's yeah. not the craft people need right now. Well, let me switch gears just for a All second right. and ask Sounds you good. about uh, maybe if there's a a particular spiritual practice or spiritual discipline um, that has helped you to sort of navigate through this or uh, something that you would recommend to people uh, in light of this? I would encourage uh, the, one of the practices I try to stay most mindful of is self-awareness, hmm. which can drift into unhealthy introspection. So you begin to create a laundry list of, of 
all the ways that you're not enough in an unhealthy way. So for me, the self-awareness starts with sonship. I'm a much-loved child of God. That's my identity. So how do I live self-aware from that place? So how does the sun show up in anxiety? How does the sun show up in an emergency phone call? How does the sun show up when a young couple in my church calls me to say, you know, Pastor Lance, we've been trying to have a child for a year. We finally conceived and we're X number of weeks pregnant. I want to show up as a son there, too. So it's not just sonship in negative places. It's a sonship in positive places. I want to stay very self-aware of that Hmm. because I think people interact less with my spirit. They interact more with my soul, my emotions, my words, my will. I need harmony. I need harmony between the spirit of adoption, my sonship, and my soul. I need harmony and alignment in those places so that my soul actually is the manifestation of that sonship reality. Uh, So I can weep with those who weep because I'm connected to the Father's heart as a son. I can laugh with those who laugh because I'm connected to the Father's heart as a much-loved son. So self-awareness is huge. I just would encourage people, start your self-awareness from Romans 8.15. You've been given the spirit of adoption that you are co-heirs with Christ, not only in his glory, but in his suffering. Hmm. And so we're much loved sons of God and we're much loved daughters of of the Father. And so fatherhood becomes huge. Then uh, the other practice I have, and so let me just say about that self-awareness, there's a lot of emotional stuff. So I have a little journal that I use sometimes on my iPad, which asks me emotion-based questions. And it helps me process in a healthy way what's really going on in the inner man. Because my outer world and the way I view it is usually through the lens of my inner reality. So that's very helpful. Uh, uh, Meditating on scriptures. So I love to meditate on scriptures and just really just get as much as I can out of a passage. And I love to pray the scriptures. So... Acts 2.14, for example, has been one that I've been messing around with in my mind and heart for a couple of weeks. After the Holy Spirit came, what does this mean, they asked. Some said they were drunk. Two, four, I think it's 2.11 or 2.14 says, Then Peter stood up with the 11 apostles, and he began to preach about the kingdom, Christ's death and resurrection for 20 verses. I've really been locked in on what does the word then mean? Like the word then it seems to imply timing. It seems mm. to imply circumstance. It seems to imply reaction or triggered. Like something happened, you know, then this happened. You know, yeah. I, I bought a new boat. Then I went fishing and caught the biggest fish ever. You love yeah. to fish. Mm-hmm. Uh, then Peter, who is he? Is it the Peter at the campfire that denied Christ? Is it the Peter who grabbed the sword at the arrest? Is it the Peter who said, I'll die with you? Or is this a Peter that's been transformed over 40 days of listening to Jesus continue to teach about the kingdom? Like if I'm Matthias or I'm one of the others, when Peter stands up, am I going to stand with him? Like which Peter is this that's actually standing up? So I love to just put myself in these passages. And then I insert myself in a place of prayer. Lord, help me see my then moment. What's my then moment, Lord? And who am I? And am I going to stand or am I going to shrink back? 
what does courage look like in this moment, Lord? Help me. Lord, what's my message when I do stand? Am I willing to take the persecution of standing? Because I've made myself more visible. I've made my put myself out there. Uh, do I really want the heat? Do I want the potential ridicule or criticism or disagreement? So I love to put myself in a passage and pray it and think about passages. That's been it because it uh, Hebrews 6 talks about we have this hope as an anchor for our soul, the unchanging nature of God and the unfailing word of God. Mm. And so I just love meditating on those two things. I would say those are two practices that I try to stay faithful to, whether we're in a COVID environment or not, or a racial tension environment or not, because I don't want my practices to be at the mercy of circumstances. These yeah. practices work, whether my life is great or my life is hard, whether my church is growing or my church is shrinking. These practices are good for me as a child of God. So, you know, I, they're not new practices, but I've just really felt the breath of God on those practices for me yeah. lately. I love the, uh, yeah, it's just a theme of consistency. Yeah. And mm -hmm. uh, I, I love that, Lance. Thanks so much. You're welcome. I um, I wanted to uh, just kind of close with, uh, I'm, I'm rereading a book right now that I've probably read five or six times uh, from James Brian Smith. I don't know if you ever read him or not. Uh-uh. What's the book? Um, the book is called uh, The Good and Beautiful God. Okay. And um, he talks about, um, you know, just, just, just like you said, whether, whether times are fat or lean or, or regardless, like that our charge is to, to abide in the Lord. And he says this, to abide means to rest and rely on Jesus, mm. who mm. is not outside of us, judging us but inside of us empowering us totally love it <clears throat> and um so i think i think uh for you and me and everybody who's listening it would it would behoove us to um to just grab a hold of that sense of abiding in jesus that mm -hmm. though everything is being shaken the kingdom is not shaken Mm -hmm. uh, we are well within his grasp and um, mm -hmm. you know if we will be intentional about about abiding in him things mm -hmm. are going to be okay they're going to be fine yeah. they may be different but they're going to be fine yeah I'll and I tell... think... <clears throat> go ahead I'm sorry no 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 I would love to hear that quote no I, I, I just uh, always tell people uh, things uh, oh how is did I say it uh, things are not, uh, I may not be in control, but things are not out of control because God's yeah. always in control. Yeah, I love that. And so, uh, you know, we can abide there for sure. Yeah, yeah. And tell yourself what to do there, you know. So yeah. magnify the Lord. We're going yes. to do this. I, I'm yes. self-controlled, the fruit of the Spirit. Yeah. I have the power to tell me what to do. <laughs> and to do it with integrity and do it in a way that pleases God and brings yeah. glory to him. Uh, I love that. I'm, I just I love technology because I'm talking to you on my on my phone here. And I just went to Amazon and saved that book in my book list. Oh, there you go. <laughs> so, well, it's part technology. of a it's part of a three book series. OK. And All right. uh, so I would, I would one of them is about. Uh, uh, our personal life one is about church life and community okay. life and so it's it's really really uh, 
good stuff. I'll check it out for sure. Graham Cook has been huge for me oh, because yeah. he he just continually reminds me of who I am in Jesus. And that's my starting point. That's my starting point. And I, I meet with Christians, you know, particularly in my church. But they're wonderful people. They're godly people. Some of them have a different starting point. Their starting point is their circumstance. Sure. Or their starting point is some false identity or sinful behavior. And yeah. I just want to remind you and me and all of the listeners, if you're born again, your starting point is in Christ. Listen to the quote that, that Michael just gave to us out of that book about abiding. Yeah. That's your starting point, beloved. That's it. And if you're not born again and you somehow stumbled on this podcast, ask Jesus to save you. Ask him to reveal himself to you. And he will. And your first thing you'll experience is the need to seek his forgiveness. It's just natural. There's nothing wrong with it. It's natural to seek his forgiveness. Ask him for his forgiveness and you'll be born again. Mm. And then find a good church. Sit under a good pastor that can help you be disciple. Yes. Yes. Such so, good advice. Yeah. Such good advice. Lance, I want to thank you for your time and um, just appreciate you being with us. You're such a, uh, you're such a great influence. Uh, in my life and in the life of the people that you touch and uh, it's a great joy to be with you always a joy to be with you I love our conversations and you're a great friend I love you deeply hey love you too my friend we'll talk again soon alright bye thanks so much for listening today I know that there are a multitude of podcasts to choose from so I really appreciate you spending some time listening to the now forming podcast If you've enjoyed this content, would you do me a favor and share it with those that you think might benefit from it? God bless you. Thanks again.